Y'all give it up for Hannah. She's going to be reading our scripture today. We are going to be in Romans chapter 10. We're going to be starting at verse 16, ending at verse 21. Hope you charge your Bibles this morning. Uh, Maybe you brought your paper Bible. That's good, too. Whatever version of God's copy you have will do. So that's Romans chapter 10, starting at verse 16. When you're there, say amen. Amen. If you're not there, say hold up. All right. All right. Now, we've been in Romans two years. Y'all should be, y'all should be fast. Y'all don't know no other book. Y'all ought to know Romans. All right. Go ahead, Hannah. Romans chapter 10, verse 16 to 21. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. But I ask, have they not heard? Indeed they have, for their voice has gone out into all the world, and their words to the ends of the world. But I ask, did did Israel not understand? First Moses says, I will make you jealous of those who are not a nation. With a foolish nation, I will make you angry. Then Isaiah is so bold as to say, I have been found by those who did not seek me. I have shown myself to those who did not ask for me. But of Israel, he says, all day long I have held out my hand to a disobedient and contrary people. Romanos capítulo 10, versículo 16 hasta 21. Mas no todos obedecieron al evangelio, pues Isaías dice, Señor, ¿quién ha creído a nuestro anuncio? Así que la fe es por el oír, y el oír por la palabra de Dios. Pero digo, ¿no has oído? Antes bien... Por toda la tierra ha salido la voz de ellos, y hasta los fines de la tierra sus palabras. También digo, ¿no ha conocido este Israel? Primeramente Moisés dice, yo os provocaré a celos con un pueblo que no es pueblo. Con pueblo insensato os provocaré a ira. E Isaías dice resueltamente, fui hallado de los que no me buscaban. Me manifesté a los que no preguntaban por mí. Pero acerca de Israel dice, todo el día extendí mis manos a un pueblo rebelde y contradictor. Amén. Amen. Can we give it up for God's word? Let's pray one more time. Father, we thank you for your word. It is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deeply. We're being honest this morning, sometimes we need to be cut by your word, that we may be transformed and our foolish ways may be done away with. Make us a wise people, make us a zealous people for your glory, and use us for the work of your ministry. I pray that you would be with your preacher now, that you would speak through me, and that you would hide my flesh behind the cross. Use me to the degree that you see fitting. And we'll be careful to give you all the praise and all of the glory. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. It was New Edition who penned these words. There's something wrong with my line. When I dial my baby's number, I get a click every time. She let the phone ring 20 times before she answered. Let me tell you what happened then. A minute later, I got the operator saying, please hang up and place your call 
Again, y'all don't know nothing about that. I know y'all, y'all, y'all too young. Y'all don't know nothing about that. Y'all don't know nothing about that. But, but as you can see, the young man is in shock. He can't believe that his girl has rejected him. So much so, he thinks there's something wrong with the means of his communication. But there's nothing wrong with the means of his communication. He is just being flat out rejected. Have you ever asked in regards to sharing Jesus with those around you, is there something wrong with my line? Or is there something wrong with Jesus or something wrong with his message? Here is Paul's argument today. There is nothing wrong with the gospel. There is nothing wrong with Jesus or there is nothing wrong with his message. It's just some people will just flat out reject Jesus. Doesn't matter how nice we are, doesn't matter how polished we are, Jesus with some people will get a click every time. And let's be honest, should be hard to pick up the phone when Jesus is on the other line. It should be as simple as one, two, three. Just ask Kanye West. Don't y'all start with me now. Don't y'all start. I got something at the end. I got, I got some thoughts on that, but I'm, I'm going to say that. The key aspect of responding to the good news of the gospel is hearing, believing, and confessing. This is how we respond to the gospel. We hear, we believe, and then we confess. It's as easy as one, two, three. We've been learning in order for there to be a picking up of the phone, someone has to call. There's going to be a requirement for you to respond. Somebody got to dial your number. Last week's message was titled, The Harriets of the Gospel. Reason being is that we learned from Harriet's life that those who have had good news ought not keep it to themselves. Those who have good news ought not keep it to themselves. In fact, some news should be so good that it's impossible for you to keep it to yourself. Oh, you ain't never had news so good that, 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 that you couldn't wait to go tell somebody how to sell so good, found some shoes so good. Uh, uh, your team won, and, and what did you do? You wanted to go tell some news. Ought to be so good that it's impossible for you to keep it to yourself. Harriet had some good news. What was it? The good news was the Underground Railroad. The Underground Railroad was a passageway for slaves to get to freedom. Harriet found that news to be so good in the light of, hor of the horrors of slavery that she risked her own life that others may experience such freedom. Friends, freedom don't sound good unless you know that you're in bondage. Freedom don't sound good until you've been in chains all your life. Uh, freedom doesn't sound so sweet until you've been pressed down and, and broken. And freedom doesn't sound so sweet until, until you consider your condition. And, and Harriet knew 
what slavery felt like. And when she finally got free, she couldn't just be satisfied with herself getting free. She had to go and get others who were in the condition she was once in so that they may get free. And the reason why the church doesn't move sometimes is because we forget about the condition and the situation and the circumstances that we were once in. And so we get comfortable with staying in our homes and just rising up the career ladder. And we forget that we ain't just here to live in die, we're actually put here to be on a mission, and that mission is to go get slaves in darkness and proclaim to them that there's freedom on the other side. Need to be like Harriet, we got to remember where we came from. Must remember that we were once slaves to sin. We learned last week that people can only be saved by someone going and preaching the good news of the gospel. What is the good news? God sends his son into this dark world. Really God, really man, full of life, radiant in divine life. He lives a perfect life, fulfills the whole law, dies in the place of sinners, as ordained by the Father, absorbs all the wrath of God for all those who believe in him, takes away all their guilt, forgives all their sin, rises from the dead, triumphing over death, hell, and Satan, ascends, rules with power on high, will come again, give eternal life, raise from the dead all those who trust in him for all times. That's the good news that we ought to go share. In summary, God is handing out full pardons and expunged records. And this is what I said the last couple of weeks is, if you know what you got on your record, if you know some of the things you done done, and somebody say that they can get rid of all that, I'll just, I'm just saying, I mean, I mean, can we be honest? I mean, when you didn't really, really, really jacked up, I mean, you, you, I mean, you didn't really, I mean, I'm talking about the kind of jacked up that like, you like, I don't even know why God keep messing with me. I'm, you ain't never been in that situation? Or, or, or that kind of jacked up where you like, I probably shouldn't be in church right now, that, you ain't never, no, you ain't never, okay, you ain't, you, you ain't never. I'm talking about the kind of jacked up where you can't read your Bible. Oh, y'all, y'all, y'all not with me, y'all, y'all, y'all not with me. And, 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 but God says that I'll offer you something that'll make it all go away. Friends, that's worth shouting for. The, the good news. The good news of the gospel is that if you die today, if you trusted in Christ, your sins will not follow you into eternity. Good news of the gospel is after you accepted Jesus and you don't die today and you continue to, uh, to live, 60 years from now, your sin still will not be following you and God will be walking with you. That's the good news of the gospel. Unfortunately, not every slave will believe the good news. Not every slave will get free. Not every slave is going to follow Harriet. Not every call will be answered. But why would a slave not want to go free? Why would a guilty person not want their charges dropped? Why do some people reject Jesus? 
we meet Paul in the verse. First thing Paul must deal with is, have they heard the gospel? We understand that in order to be saved, you got to believe. And the only way you're going to believe is that you got to hear. And so Paul says this, for Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing in hearing through the word of Christ. Sometimes you got to slow down so that you guys can see this. But I ask Have they not heard? You see the question there? Have they not heard? Indeed they have, for their voices has gone out to all the earth and their works to the ends of the world. But I ask, did Israel not understand? Friends, let's learn quickly from Paul this morning. Before assuming someone has rejected the gospel, he first asks the question, have they heard the gospel? Why ask this question? Well, friends, it ain't deep. That's just good communication skills. Before you say someone rejected you, you need to verify they heard you. How many fights and disagreements could be settled by just making sure a person heard you? Come on, now for crying out loud. I can't stand when someone get mad at me and I ain't heard nothing they said. I didn't hear you, bro. How many, how many Facebook posts could have been spared if people would have just checked to see if somebody heard? How many marriages would have been fixed if people would verify whether they spouse hurt? Y'all don't want to be honest up here. You didn't cut some folks out because you thought that you heard something. That you, I know y'all are saved up in here, but you didn't did some things and you fell out with some people because you didn't verify whether they heard you or not. So Paul has asked, if a particular group of people heard the message of the gospel, he is talking mainly about the Jewish people, and his answer is yes, they did. They have heard it. Not only did they hear it, they heard it louder than anyone else. If freedom comes by hearing, No one else heard freedom like the Israelites. Israel had the prophets. They had the law of God. They heard the report of the coming Messiah, and they had had even had the Messiah in their midst. Friends, how can they have so much light and still not see? How could they have a reliable GPS and still be lost? Faith comes by hearing, right? How can they have two 15s in the trunk and still not hear the sweet music of the gospel? But others heard and responded. Others who had less responded. They had a flashlight and Israel had the sun. They had a paper map and Israel had a GPS. Why are they not taking advantage of the Underground Railroad? Paul feels like Toby Noigi. He comes from where most don't break free. God sent Harriet. He sent John Brown. He sent William Steele, Thomas Garrett, and the whole Underground Railroad team. But they have not moved a foot towards freedom. And the question is why? Have you ever been in a situation where you tried everything you could to communicate effectively to someone? I mean, you tried everything. 
You try cussing and fussing. That, that, that didn't work. That didn't work. So you say, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and be saved, and I'm going to be nice to him. You've been real sweet. Yeah, you even smiled and believed in your little heart that if you be nice, maybe they'll listen to you. You ever tried everything? I mean, you tried everything that you could. I mean, you pulled it all out, and no matter how sweet you were, no matter how nice you were, they were not able to hear you. Paul is like the Jewish people. If they ain't had nothing else, they have heard the gospel. They have heard it like no one else. But they're not following Harriet. Why? Harriet is ready to leave them out. But some will not go. Why will they not receive the message of freedom? So since they don't believe and they heard, Paul being a good communicator, he asks another question. If you ain't here, if you heard me, maybe you just didn't understand me. Did they understand Paul? Paul, next question is, did they understand me? Once again, good communication. If you heard me and didn't respond in an appropriate way, maybe it's because you didn't understand what I said. I mean, you can relate to this, parents in the room. Okay, sweetheart, if you heard me and you didn't respond to me, maybe you didn't understand me. This is my children sometimes. I know that they heard me, but they didn't move, so maybe they didn't understand me. And you know, as new parents, we ask you whether you understood. Them old parents will pick up a shoe, some Christmas tree lights. They'll throw a chocolate at you. I mean, I mean, these the, the new parents say, did you not understand? The old parents going to make you understand. I got hit with a pot, a pan, hot grits, uh, <laughs> a couch. I was like, how my mama get so strong? A fridge? These new kids got it easy. They don't even know. They don't even know. Some of y'all, y'all parents will still knock y'all out. They still knock y'all out. Listen to Paul again. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? Help me, Holy Ghost. For faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. But I ask, have they not heard? Indeed, they have, for their voice has gone out to all the earth and their words the ends of the world, but I ask, did Israel not understand? Here in verse 16, Paul is referencing Isaiah. This is important. This is important, church, for you to understand what he's referencing. We know this because he says Isaiah, particularly Isaiah 53, an important passage referring to the suffering of Christ. Isaiah prophesied that God's Messiah wouldn't be a mighty warrior who was elected to the highest office in the land but rather a nobody who seemed like he was suffering the punishment of God. Who would believe this message? That the king, the savior, would be a nobody. He would be a servant. Usually when you're looking for a savior, you're not looking for somebody who looks like a wimp. You're not looking for somebody who's simple. You're not looking for somebody with no power. Instead, you're looking for a superman, bulging biceps and triceps, strong legs. But, but, but some people, you look at them, you say, ain't no way in the world he can be a savior. And here's Israel's issue. The kind of savior that they're looking for is not the savior of the Bible. Instead, they 
they make up their own savior. And so when Jesus shows up, he's not what they're looking for. And so they reject him. Yeah, y'all can relate this morning because sometimes you want God to save you the way you want God to save you. But sometimes God doesn't choose to save you and deliver you the way that you want him to save you and deliver you. And so you reject God in your circumstances and situations because you want to be God or you want to make God. But you can't do that. You got to let God be God and let God inform you how he plans to deliver you and set you free. Israel got an issue. This ain't the Jesus that they want. He doesn't look mighty enough. He doesn't look strong enough. They want their own savior. This is not the kind of savior that God sends. Not only was the savior coming in humbleness and as a servant, check this out, your hope of getting right with God would be dependent on a servant. The word of Christ is that, is that what we, when it comes to our salvation, there is nothing that we can do. The gospel comes prepackaged with our own inadequacies. It's a rather humiliating message, if we are to be honest. The gospel tells you that you are weak and you are nothing. The gospel tells you that you can't save yourself. That's why I tell people we just need to quit fronting in church. If God had to die for you, ain't nobody impressed by you. We already know you jacked up. We already know you ain't got it together. Why? Because God had to die for you. And if you were so good, he wouldn't have to die. I mean, this ain't rocket science. I mean, he outed everybody. Right? When he had to die on the cross, everybody out. All us jacked up. Right? I, lo- I, 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 I love this analogy because, because one preacher puts it this way. The church is not like an interview. We ain't coming trying to polish up our resume and put our best foot forward. Instead, the church is like a hospital. Everybody up in this joke is sick. Everybody up in here trying to get a healing. Everybody in here trying to get it together. When people call me and they say, Pastor, well, you know, you know, Pastor, I don't know. You know, I just, I don't know if I can come to church. Because I, I got some stuff, Pastor, that, 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 that I don't know if the people at the church can handle it. I say if they can't handle it, they ain't got a handle on the gospel themselves because the gospel that we preach says that everybody in the room is inadequate. Everybody in the room is insufficient. Everybody in the room is jacked up. Oh, that we'll have a church that people quit playing like they got it all together and come to grips with the reality that we're all messed up. Spiritual proud Israel could not receive a message that said that you could not save yourself. It's not that they didn't understand the message. They, they understood the message. The guy helped me to understand this all the time. It's my nine-year-old son. I tell the guy, go clean your room. Y'all help me. The guy. Go clean your room. That's my message to him. Real plain, real simple. Y'all get it, right? You don't need Greek. You don't need Hebrew. Go clean your room. That's real easy, right? You would think so, you know. (laughs) No, you ain't got to do no exegesis or nothing else. All you got to do is go ah, clean your room. That's all you got to do. And he's watching TV, and I say it as loud as I can. Boy, go clean your room. Nothing, y'all. Nothing. Don't say nothing. And I pause the TV, and I say, boy... Did you hear me? 
No. Now I know you're lying to me because I know I was loud. And y'all know that I'm loud. So I know, I know that you heard me. I, I'm thinking about uh, uh, getting, uh, getting a microphone in my house. I don't know. So here it is. And I say, what do you mean, no? You didn't hear me yelling? Now watch this. The Kai's watching TV. We wind the tape. I don't say this very loud. The Kai, let's go to the store and get you a Beyblade. All of a sudden, the Kai jumps up, he puts his shoes on, and he goes running. What's the difference? The difference is the message. One he can receive, and the other he can't receive. Ain't nothing wrong with the gospel. It's just that some things people can receive, and other messages they can't receive. That's why churches all over America get packed out, because people love to hear that God ain't going to give you treasures in heaven. He's going to give you treasures right here on earth. They want to hear about a BMW, and they want to hear about all the goodies that God can give you. But nobody want to hear that you're a sinner and that, and that you're going to go to hell. No, people don't want to hear that. When you start preaching like that, that don't make them put on their coat and put on their shoes. In fact, no matter how loud you say it, they act like they didn't hear you. The issue is not the message. The issue is the heart. People building churches all over America on how to have a good relationship. How you can get a a decent boyfriend or girlfriend. And I ain't ain't got no beef with that. I think that the church ought to give some advice. But that ought to be the main message. Uh, it's all over America telling people that Jesus died for your low self-esteem. And, and I ain't got no issue because Jesus is the answer to our low self-esteem, but that ain't the main message. <laughs> Every now and again, folks need to know that the issue with your life is you a sinner. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to know that because sin ultimately means that you missed the mark. Oh, I know about missing a mark. It's an air ball. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm shot. So I didn't shot and I didn't air ball. I mean, not often. You know what I'm saying? But that's because I don't play often. That's why. But anyways, let me stop. Y'all, y'all pray for me. Oh, the comedian in me, I got to bring him down. But I guarantee you that we can pack out this place if, if I just start lying to people. Start, start cutting away from Scripture. I tell people all the time, y'all, I ain't got no problem with you questioning me about what I preached. you just going to have to show me where I stopped preaching the Bible. That's it. And so we ought to. The issue, friends, is not the gospel. The issue is not that they were not hearing it. The issue is not that they were not understanding it. The issue is they wasn't feeling it. The reason people don't vibe with the gospel is because the gospel tells the truth about us. The gospel says we are slaves to sin. Listen, nobody comes to Jesus standing on their own two feet. I need you to get this. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot, you will not come to Jesus standing on your own two feet. It's impossible. If Jesus is Lord, we come to him on our faces, rejecting ourselves and crying out to him, worthy are you, Lord, and unworthy is me. This is the gospel as humiliation. 
We are not down to size, and the gospel rightly glorifies Jesus over me so that my hope for righteousness is not in myself, far be it from me, but is all in him. You ain't coming to church if you think your righteousness depends on you. That's why you make the statement. You ain't reading your Bible if you're considering your own record because you ain't worthy to read it. So in order for you to come to Jesus, you got to put your resume away and you got to look at what he did and you got to consider that God has given his record to you. Oh, you ain't coming. You can't come. This is the gospel as humiliation. The gospel is not going. Listen to me, friends. The gospel is not going to stroke your ego. When you keep hearing preaching, that's all about you. I don't know what Bible they read. If you're reading preaching, that's all about you. You're the center of life. Oh, God couldn't go one day without you. Oh, my, my, my. Oh, yes, he, he loves you so much that, 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 that he could imagine a day without you. Last time I recall, before time begun, before, before there were molecules or, 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 or atoms or, or, or stars or, or anything, God was all by himself. And now we're preaching a message that says that it's about you. No, no, no. The issue is that we have made our life not about him. And when the gospel comes in, the gospel comes to restore him back on the throne. And the gospel comes to dethrone anything that is above him. And the gospel shows us our necessity of Christ by exposing to us that we have these functional idols inside of our lives that are killing us and that are destroying us. And we cannot defeat them, nor can we beat them. And so these idols get so entangled into our lives that our marriages start messing up, that our households start messing up, that society starts messing up. And let me show you the effect of the gospel. When the gospel is in the center, not only does it save you individually, but the gospel has a community effect that it changes everything around you. This is what the gospel does. It is not just a, horizontal, a vertical reality. It's a horizontal reality. And people say, well, don't preach no social gospel. Oh, no, 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 no. We shouldn't, we, we shouldn't preach a, go, a social gospel, but we ought to gospelize the social. We ought to say this God that we serve impacts every realm of society. That when God is in the center, when the church shows up, the homeless feels it. Ah, the motherless feels it. The fatherless feels it. Because this is the effect of Christ in the lives of Christians. Jesus is the exalted one. So if you're going to accept the message, number one, you must have a right perception about your own human condition. Come here, Harriet, and help us understand. When Harriet says, calling all slaves who want to get free, come and follow me, and some don't respond to Harriet, why is it? Well, this is what Harriet said. I freed a thousand slaves, and I could have saved a thousand more if they knew they were slaves. Are you with me this morning? I freed a thousand slaves. I would have freed a thousand more if they had the right perception of who they were. 
perception affects reception. Are you with me this morning? You can't receive freedom if you don't understand that you need freedom. You can't receive justification until you understand you need justification. This is an identity issue. If you don't know who you are, when the mail comes, you'll keep returning it to the sender, your name on it, but you don't know who you are. So you say, this is not for me. Yes, it is. Right perception. When you are not righteous, you need righteousness. Friends, you can't come to Jesus in arrogance. You must come to him in humility. You cannot receive a message for slaves if you don't think you are a slave. If you come to God full, you will leave empty every time. But if you come to him empty, you will leave full. We see this in the gospel. Watch this. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed. Watch this. This joker here. Thus, God, I thank you that I am not like the other man, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like the tax collectors. Look at him. He comes to God. Hey, God, I just want to set myself apart from all the other sinners. I just want you to know what I don't do. Hello, God. I want you to know this. And then he says this. I fast twice a week. Man, that's one skinny brother right there. Twice a week. Twice. I give tithes of all I get. But the tax collector, watch this, standing far off would not even lift up his eyes to heaven. But he beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. Watch it, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. What do we see here? One came to God full of himself. The other came to God empty. What do we learn? God does not justify those who think they are justified. God can't justify anyone who thinks he is justified already. Is your mind being blown already, church? God's economy is upside down. He doesn't justify those who think that they're justified. That's why he's not, he's not impressed with your religion. Your religious activity, he's not impressed by you tithing. He's not impressed that you fast. He's not impressed. And this is why the gospel is offensive to the arrogant because God ignores their resume and they don't like it. That's our issue. How dare you ignore me? I learned this from the Gilmore girls. <laughs> I know y'all pastor while you're watching Gilmore girls, but here it is. We are like Lorelai's mom on Gilmore girls. She doesn't understand why her daughter wants to dwell with, with, with broken and poor people when, when she should be dwelling with her. Lorelai's mom is successful. She has it all, but her daughter doesn't want to hang with her, and she's offended because her daughter wants to hang with those who are not successful, and she feels because she's successful, she's worthy of praise. She's worthy of worship, and here's the issue is that you think that God ought to down to you because you showed your cute self up the church. But what the Pharisee didn't understand is that he has some issues inside of his heart. He's done 
some foul things. And when he came before the presence of God and said, God, look at me. God says, I ain't stunting you. But when the man fell on his face and said, God, have mercy. Friends, that's the kind of prayer that God answered. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what your situation is. I don't know what your circumstance is. But here's what I want to tell you. You ain't got to wait to get it together to show up to God. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody this morning. No, 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 no. Listen to the preacher this morning. No, 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 no. You ain't got to clean it all up. You ain't got to get it all together. The same reason you don't wait to get healthy before you go to the doctor. No, instead, you won't go to the doctor and you tell them everything. You tell them all your business, right? You go in that doctor's office, you don't hold nothing back. Why? Because you want to get a healing. In order for you to get a healing, you can't go up in that prayerful talking about, I ain't been coughing. Uh-uh, I ain't been coughing. I'm good. I'm good. If you do that, you'll remain sick. But if you ride up in that joker and you tell a doctor, Listen, I've been sick all week. I've been coughing like a dog. I don't know what's going on with me. I don't feel myself. The doctor is now able to diagnose you, tell you your issue, and then offer you your healing. What God wants to do is tell you what's wrong with you, diagnose you, and guess who's your medicine? Nobody else than King Jesus. And God offers you all the old folks used to say, Jesus is my doctor. He write all my scriptures. We need to go back to that kind of worship. Now watch this. Because essentially, what God does to Israel is he actually exposes their pride by saving people who cry out for mercy. But what is God doing when he does that? What he's exposing to those who are prideful, not that he cannot save them, but they need to realize that by God saving those who did not work for it, that their works are not the means by which he saves them. And so when they get jealous and they get mad that God would hang out with those who are not worthy, what God is exposing to them is I don't save according to your tithe statement. I don't save according to what you've done. I save according to my mercy. Y'all not with me yet. I brought some help with me. Y'all remember coming to America. Oh, y'all remember coming to America. There was a big king. Oh, yeah, he was rich. He was filthy rich. He was dirty rich, but he left the moon. And he traveled on over to America, over in Queens. And here he is. He comes as a lowly servant. Nobody knows that he got power. Nobody knows that he got money. Nobody knows that he's filthy rich. They think that he's just this old dude that's working at McDowell's. They think that he's a poor man, but back over in Zamunda, he's a king. But here it is that he's looking for a bride, but he's not just looking for any kind of bride. He's not looking for an arrogant bride, a prideful bride, a bride that thinks he got it all together. The only one that finds out the identity of the king is the bride that humbles herself. And when she humbles herself, she finds out his identity. And when she finds out his identity, he marries her. And when he marries her. She inherits everything that I'm trying to preach this thing. She inherits everything 
that he got. And so what I'm telling you is that if you'll stop thinking so much of yourself and come to the king of Zamunda, he'll save you. And after he saves you, he'll raise you up in places that he's in. He'll seek you in heavenly places. He'll take away your rags and he'll give you riches. He'll take away your sin and he'll give you righteousness. But as long as you got your nose in the air, as long as you think you all that, a bag of chips and skinny fries, you ain't got nothing but hell waiting on you. But when you lay down your life, the Bible says that those who humble themselves will be exalted and those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Oh, you didn't catch it. If you're high and mighty, God gonna bring your tail down. But if you get low, he'll rise you up. Y'all still ain't with me. Let me bring it to you straight at home. This is what he did in the gospel with Jesus Christ. This is just the way the kingdom works. Jesus came as a lowly servant. Yes, he did. The Bible says that I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. Come here, Philippians. Remember in the book of Philippians around chapter 2, most theologians believe it's a doxology that Paul breaks out into a praise. Because in Philippians chapter 2, Paul begins to explain the humility of Jesus Christ. He's saying, though being in the form of God, which means that he is God, which means that he is eternal, which means that he is love, which means that he is omnipotent, which means that he is benevolent, which means that everything that God is, Christ is. But Christ didn't consider it equality to be with God. But instead, he emptied all of that, came down, took on the, took on the form of, y'all, y'all not hearing me this morning, he got so down that he became like you and I. Y'all don't know what kind of downgrade that is. That's like going from an iPhone 10 to an iPhone nobody. That's what happened. And so he downgraded. You're still not with me yet. He downgraded. That's a good form of pair Air Jordans to a former Team Jordans. I'm trying to help y'all understand here. And so Jesus downgrades, but not only does he downgrades and become like you and I, he is God, which means that he's internal, which means that he never dies, which means that he's everlasting. He gave it all up, and the Bible says that he died the death of a sinner. Oh, y'all not with me yet. Mm-mm-mm-mm. So God humbles himself to the point that it becomes like jokers like you and me. And not only that, that he dies. But here's what the Bible said. Because he humbled himself. The Bible says that he'll be exalted. The name of Jesus is the name by which every knee should bow. Every tongue shall confess. And friends, this is all Christianity is. Is that we just living out the gospel. And so when we humble ourselves like our king humbled himself, God's going to raise Raise your tail up. Israel couldn't take that message because they wanted to do it on their own. They rejected the gospel because the gospel wasn't fitting in their minds. All other religions tell you what you got to do. Christianity tell you what God has already done. All other religions tell you you got to work for it. Christianity tell you God already worked for it. Y'all know the song? Why you trying to work it out when he's already worked it out? 
I end on this, I'll be done. God bless y'all real good. Here it is. In the gospel, Jesus actually illustrates this. You got two sons. You got the prodigal son, and you got the son in the household. And we see a array of difference between these two. The younger son wants his share from the father. He said, Daddy, give me what you owe me. His daddy said, okay. He writes him a check. He sends the son away. The son goes running out, and he takes what God has given him, and he squanders it. You ain't never taken what God has given you and squanders that thing. You ain't never taken all the good gifts that God gave you and misused it. You, I, I mean, God was good to you, and, and, and you took what he gave you, and, and, and you ruined it. You ruined it so much that, that you didn't want to come to church, that, that you didn't want to show your face. But, but we learned something about this, son. The Bible says while he was eating the food of pigs, oh, yeah, he got real low. Life got a way of humbling you. Life will bring you down low. You go ahead and keep doing your own thing and lean into your own understanding, and life will humble you. The Bible says that the boy was humbled. You know how, he, how we know he was humbled? It's not that he tried to fix himself up. Watch it. It's that he said, you know what? I ain't got nothing. The Bible says he came to his senses. Y'all, this is salvation right here because salvation is the first reasonable decision you ever made. And so here it is. He came to his senses. And what did he do? He ran home to his father. He didn't come with nothing. He didn't have nothing. He just came with a bag full of humility. But I love when the Bible says that when the boy came to his father, his father's arms were already open. While he was a far way off, God's arms are always open. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you did. I don't care what you've been through. God's arms are open. And if you'll come running in humility, he'll wrap his arms around you. The Bible says not only that, that he put a ring on his finger. He put a robe on his back. And check it out. You would think that the father would discipline him. But no, the father threw him a party. Are y'all not hearing me? The Bible says that the angels rejoice when one sinner gets saved. And this is why I want to bring Kanye West in. Because here it is. There's a lot of talk about whether he's saved or not. And I can't say whether he's saved or not. But the reason why people are having a hard time with it is because the gospel is so simple that if you believe in Jesus, you can be saved. And they're expecting more out of him when you ain't got to have more. All you got to do is call on his name. You ain't got to have it together, Kanye. You can come to Jesus. Maybe he's saved, maybe he's not. I do know this. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Does he got to be sanctified? Of course he does. Does he got ways of thinking that he needs to change? You better believe that he does. But the gospel accepts you the way that you are. God takes you the way that you are. The other son in the house, he's mad. And he's angry. Why is he angry? He said, Daddy, I've been doing everything you asked me to do. 
I've been coming to church. I've been paying my tithes. I've been trying to live celibate. I've been trying to do the right thing. But it seems no matter how much good I do, you don't acknowledge it. Maybe you never felt that way. That you finally said, God, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and get it together. And I'm going to start doing the right thing. The moment you start doing the right thing, everything seemed to fall apart. And you felt that God owed you something. But friends, if you're coming to God as by your own righteousness, you never came to him. And the father tells the son on the outside of the house who's pouting, son, the same love I have for the son in the house is the same love I have for you. But both of y'all are going to come through the same way. You're going to come through mercy or you can't come at all. Do you know, son, that I didn't give you stuff because of what you did? I did stuff for you because I love you. Somebody in here has been walking with Jesus for a long time, and you've been looking at your resume lately. But I'm coming to tell you that God didn't do all that stuff that he did because of your works. He did it because of his love. And today, the Father's arms are still open. My question to you is, have you heard the good news of the gospel? And if you heard it, why haven't you come running to Jesus yet? Perhaps you didn't understand it. I hope after the day that you do understand it. And if you have understood it, you should know this. That all God needs from you is a humble heart that will repent, turn from your sins, and his arms are open for you. It's just that plain and it's just that simple. You can be free today. Harriet's ready to take you out of your slavery, out of your bondage. What will it 